Right, on one, two, one, two, three. three. <laughs> Hang on, I mean, oh, that was so we'll do it on four. So go one, two, We're clapping three, on and three. clap on the four. <laughs> oh my god, this is going to be the whole, this is the intro. Okay, one, right. two, two, three, three, three four. What? <laughs> We're counting to three and then clapping, or on three. Find a quiet moment, put some headphones on. Is it just me that thinks this is like the best news in ages? I don't know what happened, but I fell in love. The creators and hosts of Sky's Entertainment Backstage podcast. Are you awake, Stevie? He's like, call me Ben. I don't think you could accuse it of being glamorous. And I said, I'm not going to call you Ben Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I'm joined by the woman of the hour, Jodie Comer. Oh, How much fun are you having teasing us all at the moment? You've got to laugh. Hello and welcome to Backstage, Sky News' entertainment podcast. Coming up, we're going to be talking about the return of Amazon's anti-superhero show, The Boys. We've got all the intel on the new Charlie Kaufman film. And we can tell you what Disney's latest live-action remake, Mulan, is really like. I'm Katie Spencer, one of the entertainment team here. Stevie Wong joins us, of course, from Hong Kong. And reporter Bethany Minnell is back, everyone. She's back. Here she is. Hey, hey Hello. everyone. Good to see you. Good to doing? see you in this, this bright and cheery September. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's very optimistic of I you. I am optimistic. I'm optimistic. <laughs> At the weekend, I bought massive helium balloons. And nothing makes you optimistic like some sparkly For a birthday balloons. or just yeah. you no, buy just, just fun, to cheer <laughs> myself up. No, it was my mum's big okay, birthday. Everyone. So I bought big balloons. Aww. But honestly, if you put them in a room and you go out and you forget and you walk back in, it cheers you up. So it might be something I bring into my everyday <laughs> life. <laughs> I mean, this has all got right. off to a strange Helium, start. Helium balloons, already. 365, yeah, 365, all good. Stevie yeah. Wong is now out of quarantine. Were you okay? Yes. How is Hong Kong? Uh, Hong Kong is um, pretty cool, actually, to be able to walk around, and, and uh, even though we're masked and stuff, but it's just nice to be in a country where it's not as, um, you know, there's not a lot of pushback for people who... Ask you to wear masks yeah. and stuff, and so yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's nice to be part of a civilized country. Well, you, well, you sad <laughs> uh, to country. say goodbye to your brown hotel room. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was hard to say goodbye. I was you know we, I I was telling you guys prior that I was doing pretty well in in uh, in quarantine because basically I was just doing the exact same thing that I do back home, which is sit around, <laughs> watch a lot of television, surf the net, you know karaoke you know that's pretty much like all i do all day and so i was doing the exact same thing in quarantine so i mean basically as you long know. as you've got a strong wi-fi connection yeah you can exactly. do with your happy exactly. and your hamster case exactly exactly <laughs> it's modern life it's um, a new modern life well, we've, yeah. we felt the need to start because it's been a strange old week um, since we last yeah. recorded the podcast. Uh, Chadwick Boseman has has died, um, and yeah, what what? A, I mean, I think nobody saw it coming, did we? Because I mean, what a brave no. man that he's been yeah. battling with colon cancer for the last four years, and no one was aware he was as prolific as ever making all these films. It's completely unexpected, isn't it? He's just. Just the epitome of sort of young, vibrant. He's had all these amazing parts, playing these iconic black American heroes, and 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 then suddenly out of the blue on a, on a Saturday morning to be seeing a tweet, and you just yeah. really, really. I mean, it's obviously shocked the world. I don't think it's it's exaggerating to say. I mean, I myself was absolutely heartbroken. You just 
You oh, felt it really We wanted to talk you. about it as well because obviously Black Panther was such a huge success and broke barriers when it came out. But also you, you'd met Chadwick Boseman, hadn't you, Bethany? Was he yeah, a nice guy? he was lovely. He was one of my very first celebrity interviews way back in 2014. Oh. And I can remember kind of prepping. It was the film um, Get On Up, all about James Brown. I prepped for it. I went to see the film. I kind of trolled into the hotel quite nervously. I'd probably only done about one or two junket interviews and and interviewed Chadwick. And he was just so lovely and humble and quietly spoken and the absolute opposite of somebody who was starry, but at the same time, very clearly an absolute star. Um, So, yeah, I think partly that's why like so many other people I felt really touched by this it was just the last thing I was expecting I was hoping to carry on to do many more Chadwick Boseman interviews in both his and my career but actually I took a listen back to to my interview with him and I think just even way back then just on a you know a quick junket four minutes sat in a room with him it comes through just what a lovely warm guy he was yeah I can't never quit quit you're going backwards james they want the rolling stones to close the show no i go forward i take it and i flip it the stones they ain't ever had a hit record here it's a dagger it's a red dead. dan Aykroyd, who plays your manager in the film he said you were on the verge of spiritually channeling james brown <laughs> how did you go about doing that i mean are you a method actor you're like marlon brando did you become him on set I just made it a point to to just keep working on it daily. Once I got in the car, actually, to go to work each day, I was called Mr. Brown. I, um, you know, tried to think as him and to stay in it until I got out of the car um, back at the house. You blew the roof off the place. I want you to make a record for King. We breaking new ground every day. You managed to pull off doing the splits in a gold satin jumpsuit. How did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> and can you still do it? More to the point. <laughs> I'm sure I can still do it, but uh, you know I don't do it. Like I don't do it now. Like once we finished shooting, that was that was the end of me doing splits. Um, as, as far as the the grooves or whatnot, like all of that stuff, I'll I'll still do that because it's a, a movement style that becomes part of your life. What's wrong, Mazel? Doesn't work in music. Doesn't sound good. Hey, hey. Does it feel good? Yeah. If it sounds good, then it feel good, then it's musical. So play it, like I say, play it. Mm. I read a review that likened the versatility of your performance to Meryl Streep. Have you got your eyes on an Oscar? I don't have my eyes on anything. <laughs> the only thing I have my eyes on right now is just, just people coming to see the movie. That's, it is nice. And I think for him to, you know, it seems like from day one, he was an actor that had this kind of like internal manifesto, which is just like, I'm only going to do films that'll make me feel proud about being a black American and also being a person that's going to tell the story about or maybe help the kind of black narrative further, you know, in, into the world. And so from that moment onwards, every single choice, even as something as like what you would think would be a, a cheesy like Marvel film. It turned into like this big, huge moment because Black Panther, of course, was the first time like a huge Hollywood studio had given so much money just telling a black story, you know. And 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 from then onwards, we now see loads of films, you know, with with stars that are you know African American or just black nature. And it's just like it's these are 
because of the Black Panther experience and because of somebody like Chadwick to kind of like lead the decisions to make films like that, I think, you know, forever he's going to be part of, of uh, the type of movies that we're going to be seeing for, for the rest of our yeah. lives. And I, and I think and part we, of Hollywood we, history, for sure, isn't he? Definitely. For sure. His family yeah, must be incredibly proud. Oh, and his, yeah, absolutely. His wife, just the outpouring of love that's been so genuine, hasn't it? It's not that kind of... Sometimes there's a bit of a fake outpouring when someone unexpectedly passes right. away, people it, sharing various things. But this just felt like a lot of people just saying, this is a lovely guy. Um, it's really interesting, too, because a lot of the stars, because you would think that there would be like these kind of knee-jerk reactions from even the cast of Black Panther. They all took mm. their time to really like have a moment to think about what it meant to have this friendship and relationship with him. And a lot of times you didn't get like, I mean, you know, over the days we've been getting slowly other, you know, responses, but it took a lot, a long time for people to kind of like properly say yeah. what they and wanted to, process to because it, it felt, it was such a process. Yeah. Because you, sometimes people go and, and then you immediately like, Oh, great person, whatever. And it's just like, you know, you, it's just, it's been interesting to kind of see how, how deeply kind of affected by, by the people that he's worked with or knows um, and how they kind of responded. So um, it's, it's touching to see how far he kind of influenced and kind of like, you know, really, really. Ryan Coogler really summed yeah. it up, didn't he? When he said he's an ancestor now, you know, he, like yeah. you said, he's part of history. He'll always be there. I mean, no one will ever think of Black Panther. If that, you know, if, if there is more Black Panther to come, no one will watch it without thinking of Chadwick Boseman. So he, he will be there in spirit. Yeah. Well, we, we just wanted to touch on that because um, obviously it happened uh, since our last recording. But we should um, talk about what we've got lined up for you this week, starting... Uh, with the return of The Boys Season 2, available on Amazon Prime from the 4th of September onwards. We're the most water lads in the country. we got soup terrorists. And we got no superheroes. Hi! I'm Stormfront. Who? I'm the new girl. Wonderful. Oh, God! Wow! It's a bit exciting, oh, isn't it? You guys are going to fill your boots. This is, this is a real Stevie Wong thing, isn't it? And also, Katie Spence, you're in love with it's this It's me story. now as well, because I've realised that actually the hole that Succession has left for me, yeah, I really, yeah. I've really got into this. I watched all of season one again, and then we've, we're given the first three episodes of season two. Yeah. It's a great this show. So different this. to Succession, right? Oh, I know. It's hey, absolutely no, totally, nothing totally. like it. Please don't think okay. that I'm <laughs> comparing this to Succession. Yes, this is also... <laughs> about a media dynasty yeah. that you get <laughs> and, how, and how they try to backstab no, I just mean I've really struggled with superpowers yeah. I've struggled since yeah. Succession to find something that I'm really into and actually I think I've decided I'm really into the boys it's oh, really good you amaze me this is fantastic okay okay well I mean so quite... season I, one yeah uh, Stevie yeah. give us the, the recap then for people that didn't watch season yeah. one yeah well, I think the best way to describe Boys is it's the antithesis of what you think a superhero show is about. Basically, a group of people who have been wronged and just despite, like, they just really despise all, like, superheroes. They decide it's their mission to basically take down this super group, you know, and by any means necessary, whether that means killing them or whatever. But it's just, it's the, the whole, the, whole, the whole first season, <laughs> naming them, whatever, just take... It's a brilliant premise because superheroes are quite irritating, aren't they? The whole sort of cleaner than clean kind of thing that they have going perfect on. Perfect person, good looking, got all the skills, got all the chat. 
<laughs> this as well is gory. It's sweary. It's um, I mean, it's it's really offensive on many levels, but it's brilliant. I guess that's it's the so co- that's the comic book roots, isn't it? It's that classic comic book graphic gore novel yeah yeah exactly and and you know the 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 creators garth ennis and Derek robertson they're just kind of wicked men in general and so they love they they, they this is totally getting the like the the voice of their of the, the tone of their show um and see at the end of season one there's a couple i mean you know do we want to do a spoiler oh yeah let's do, do it a without spoiler sort thing. of saying what happened at the end of season one okay well if you have oh, if you, we would highly recommend you watch season one if you haven't for started because yes, you've please. done that Katie, and if you right? haven't you've caught up on the whole thing you've gone back <laughs> oh god to... yeah i watched it before i watched all of oh, these episodes i okay. re-watched it um yeah so if you haven't then skip forward a couple of minutes and we're just going to talk spoilers then for a bit right um so basically at the end of season one uh we found out a couple of things that the superheroes were uh, created by birth so they weren't born into their superpowers they were actually created by getting this injection of this thing called compound, compound v. v super spider and it was it, yeah and it basically <laughs> was created by this corporation that also is the home of where all these superheroes like kind of live and stuff and so turns out that they've been like manufacturing these people and just kind of uh, um they're all lying basically and and uh the our lead uh billy butcher played by oh what's his Keith name Urban? Um, Carl Urban. Yes, yeah, sorry. Keith Urban and, and is and Nicole's wife. Carl Urban. Husband. Oh, yeah, yes. the um, country and western singer. It's definitely not him. He's not in it. Spoiler. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. Carl Urban, uh, he found that his missing wife has um, actually been raising um, this bastard baby who uh, basically his wife was raped by one of the lead Homelander. characters, the super- Homelander, and uh, she's been raising her, 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 her child, this child, like, in a, in a weird Blimey, place. it's all very so- EastEnders, isn't it? It is very <laughs> um, and and so you know, and that's how we kind of start off, and 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 the gang is still there, and the gang still want to take down the this group of superheroes, but they have an uh, insider because one of the superheroes is actually a girlfriend of one of our boys, so um, so it's all it's all very like kind of soap yeah. opera, if you will, but I think yeah. I think what makes it fun is the fact that the tone of this show is really just light and evil, <laughs> and and just light it's and really evil. bloody. Yeah, it's just it's just an uh, an antithesis of what you would expect, like a Marvel kind of uh, storyline would be, and so. So season you... ten comes. Season ten, season two comes back with a real sort of bang for your buck. Lots of blood, lots of gore. The boys are basically on the run, aren't they? For the first episode, we don't. For the mm-hmm. first episode, we hardly see um, Billy Butcher. He just turns up at the end um, and it's all like, ooh, what happened then to Homelander and uh, the fact that he was waking up to the fact that he'd got his uh, wife was still alive. Um, and we shouldn't really tease much more than that. But Guys, it's very good. Talk to us about translucent, and... the invisible pervert. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, he... He's gone. Oh, goodness for that. I mean, <laughs> and there's there's a brilliant funeral scene as well. The, the whole comedy you can have around somebody being invisible, like the empty casket that they do. Oh, and okay. Yeah. Like a see a see through casket, you know, singing about America, you know, those kind of things. I mean, what is really interesting this season too is that the boys are kind of taking on a little bit of the xenophobia that's kind of happening in the yeah. United States. And and, um, and and it's seen definitely more so because there's a new character who joins us, Aya Cash, who I don't know if you've ever seen a television show called You're the Worst. It's a comedy. Oh, I've heard of but this. But it's about... Yeah, yeah. 
Oh my gosh, it's about four people who <laughs> are the worst people on the planet, but yet <laughs> thrown into a rom-com scenario. So basically, it's, again, like this show, it's like the antithesis of what like what you expect to be of the genre. And Aya Cash is the lead actress on that show, and like she was just, you wanted to hate her so much, but because she's such a great actor, she like played the fine line between being a total horrible person to like you know loving her and so it's a similar character in this then by the sounds of things yes and so you know a little like is she being like kind of a stereotype casting (laughs) these days but you know she's she's very sassy very she plays this this character named stormfront and uh becomes a sworn enemy of the boys but also as the season i'm not going to tell you anything more katie but Oh my God, you have to see what she does for this series because the kind of craziness that this woman does is, um, yeah, you've never seen anything like it. So I, I have to give you that. And the brilliance of her character is for out of the seven, they've always been quite respectful of Homelander. Homelander's their leader. Uh, Stormfront comes in and she completely gives zero what have you is because she's she's just a really yeah. cool character it's um yeah is home must be like fun a take play, on um is it a superman kind of yes. yeah 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 but the worst the worst kind of superman who oh. thinks that everything he does is correct so even even if there's kind of uh collateral damage if he if he kills a bad guy and then other people normals get killed in the process it's yeah. okay because he's saving yeah. the world but, and, and so i mean that, that escalates that also, in this season doesn't it as well yeah for he's sure so i mean Awful. It sounds like such a nerd fest, and it is. And I totally like. I'm so happy that Katie has joined the club I love of it. the nerds. You've gone to the <laughs> other side. Um, so the thing it, I want to know as well. Okay, I have two points before we move on. Firstly, <laughs> the thing that I, I've never understood is Carl Urban playing um, Billy Butcher. Is he meant to be English? Because it's a terrible accent. I think it's meant to be Cockney, but it's not good. It's 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 a. Uh, it's a New Zealander doing a Cockney English accent, which, so. which is written, <laughs> yeah, which is clearly written by Americans because the yes. um, rhyming slang that he does doesn't make any sense, and I've never heard in my life. Oh no! <laughs> but I still like it, and I forgive, I forgive him for that because it's a, a good show. Character choice. But the other thing choice. I want to know, so um, as well as sort of secret special appearances. Patton Oswald, comedian <gasps> and Oswald. actor, yes. is down as a, a listed as a top secret role. And in one of the episodes that we got, there's a, a voiceover linked. Oh, this will make sense when you see it. Sorry, listeners. But there's a voiceover linked to the <laughs> deep, which I don't want to spoil what it is. Do you know what I'm talking about, Stevie? So uh, the, the, the deep has a, a bit of his, a bit that starts talking. Is that Patton Oswald? Oh, listeners, when you watch it, can you tell me? Stevie obviously isn't understanding what I'm on about. I, I do know exactly what you're yeah? talking about, but I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Because, okay. because you know, I, I was trying to remember, because, you know, you said that, that he was, a, 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 like, this special guest, like, secret. Yeah. I, I'm like, I don't remember him at all in the second no. series, and I finished it, so. Oh, so um, it's super you finished it. We've it. only got three yeah. episodes. How have you got the other episode? I didn't. Episodes? I didn't. Stevie, <laughs> secret, secret links, the secret access. So you, you, you've not seen any of the third. You know, that's not secretly somewhere being prepped, is it? 
How have you seen so uh, much? Uh, uh, <laughs> oh Don't ask any questions. It's just a, like a Reddit thread, isn't it? Already you can see like all these conspiracies. Yeah. Ask, ask me anything. Okay, here, here's a selling point, Bethany. If you had no interest whatsoever, I'm going to say that uh, our Chan- Chase Crawford of Gossip yeah. Girls, uh, he plays the deep, this uh, kind of Aquaman-esque character. His storyline is hilarious and yeah. so if you want to just watch <laughs> the show for for our, our ch- chase to kind of like do his thing um it's a lot of fun and so i would say that that would be a nice um yeah it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> maybe a that could break me in gently to the superhero genre because i'm so resistant yes. to it as you can tell but you know i like the sound of the humor i like the sound of the kind yeah. of like going against your expectations yeah. modern parallels bit quirky okay i'll give it a go but basically in short <laughs> season two certainly doesn't disappoint it's it's equally as good and they've already commissioned yes. a season three that's how much they like yeah. this amazon it's probably their only kind of big um, crossover show that they have and so I think that's probably why they, they, they have to stick to this one Un- until they have more uh, yeah. right now this is this is all they got no, it's so, doing the uh, trick so yeah they're going to keep on doing, doing it the aren't they um, speaking of potential, you know, series that might grow into more, um, have you seen, or not, have you seen the series Away that's available on Netflix from the 4th of September? She needs to know that her family's taken care of. I got a cover. Do you? They need me more than anyone and I'm not there. All right. <laughs> Have yes. we seen this? Have yes. We yes. Yeah. Well, you, because yeah. of you, I watched on to episode... Four yeah. because you guaranteed me that this was going to get better. Oh, I've watched into the <laughs> I beginning. Think it's better. I, I, I said I said episode three is not bad. That was kind of my. <laughs> did you watch? Did you like episode three? Uh, that was kind of. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the big okay. things that happened in episode three. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. It's about the the, the Chinese, uh, you know, scientist storyline. Yeah. Like you know, that was a. Anyway, anyway, so. So. Um, <laughs> I love how we've already jumped yeah. to an episode that <laughs> like, hasn't. So for those who know nothing about the series, um, uh, Netflix has created this show called Away, um, and it is described as a thrilling <laughs> emotional drama Ooh. on an epic scale that celebrates the incredible advancement humans can achieve. Oh my God, I'm already yeah, bored. Basically, um, it's a space <laughs> drama, <laughs> isn't bored it? by the blurb that they put out. Space That's drama, yeah. countries coming together for a kind of joint international yeah. launch. They're not going to the moon. Well, they, they do go to the moon, but that's just a pit stop. Mars is where yeah. they're off to this time. Mars. So this is kind of like yeah, a, whole, a whole brave new world. So it's kind of all about that big space epic drama. But at the heart of it, we've got a female captain of the ship, haven't we? I and mean, she has yes. certain dilemmas. Yeah, that, that perhaps a man wouldn't necessarily have in quite the same oh, way. Oh, that's the bit that makes me cringe slightly. <laughs> at, at its heart, it's basically a... Isn't it hard to be a working mom? Very hard um, to be a working mom in, in space. Mars. Yeah. 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 Although, to be fair, she what, pulls what? it off. She has an awful lot of time to be kind of like texting people, phoning people up from the spaceship, oh, yeah, totally. counselling, <laughs> setting up chats between people who are having issues oh, on the ship. I mean, she is amazing. Lots you know, of, as you might expect, lots of tearful looking at photos of her family yeah. back yes. on Earth. Yes, and of course there's drama um, back it, on Earth, of course, isn't there? In fact, that's where there's been a lot course. of drama back on Earth. I think it's kind of been equal. Loads yeah, and loads of drama. Between the spaceship. Episode um, one, husband has a stroke. Yeah, unexpectedly, yeah. out 
can't rely on men for anything, can you? You're meant to look after a kid, mate. Um, So, you know, these are the people behind it are the people that did Friday Night Lights and also Parenthood, um, created Um. by Andrew Hinderaker. Um, Hillary Swank herself is an executive producer. Um, But it's... I mean, it looks great. Let's start with the positives. Yes. The show looks looks beautiful. It, the, the, the kind of space scenes are so... Um, it's just really lovely to look at. And, 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 and there's you know, something they, compelling about watching yes. how they're doing space on a lower budget. Because what yes. they've done is for some of the sort of zero gravity floating bits, they're on wires... So some of it they will shoot around in the background. Um, And then others, it's them just having to go very slowly and sort of grab onto the side of walls like it's the 70s and Star Trek. success. Um, I don't know what you think. I mean, what did they, they described it. They kind of give you a little explainer, don't they? Did they say it was one sixth gravity? So then you're like, oh, that's why you're walking around like in this really strange way. And then you kind of buy into it. That was a little bit distracting. But the wires. I I read an interview with Hillary Swank saying um, that actually it's really hard to do that so they have to do this slow body but to have the talking at a normal speed is like rubbing your stomach and tapping your head yeah it's that (laughs) because it's really hard apparently your instinct if you're slowing your body down is to talk really slowly and to remember your lines at the same time that must be really tough. Oh, and to rub your tummy and r- listen to lines? I mean, say your lines? That's also, so also for some of the actors, there was added challenges because some of them are doing accents that aren't their native accents because it's a right old mm. mix-up, isn't it? You've got Hilary Swank is the captain and she is American and she's supposed to be American. Then you've got Mark Evanier, who's the Russian um, Oh, he's colleague. good. He's good He's really good. And what, Katie, you told me he's actually a circus skills expert. Yeah, Amazing. that's the other thing. I've been doing way too much reading into this show, <laughs> given that I'm quite indifferent to it. Um, but yes, he used to be a circus performer, apparently. So he was like quickly doing backflips. I think that comes through, well, actually, because in the show, he's supposed yeah. to be the most experienced in space, isn't he? Right. And actually, that kind of came through. If he's actually like bombing around doing circus skills, that was kind of like, yeah, yeah, I, I trust this guy. He's, he's not a good guy. I wouldn't trust him personally, but... As far as space goes, he knows what he's doing. But we've got Ray Panthaki, who is the... Now, he's playing the Indian uh, spaceman going to Mars. But he's actually... He's a British actor. But he has to do his sort of... He was on EastEnders, wasn't he? Oh, and Marcella. Marcella. I love that. He was very Um, good. Marcella. Yeah, but he's supposedly the Um, Indian compatriot. And and it's interesting, too, because, you know, a space kind of drama is, is such a hard... Con- like I'm, I'm not even sure if, if if somebody pitched that to me. They're like, "Hey, can we get a lot of million dollars for us to do a TV series that's going to be a family drama with half of the characters are yeah. in space and the rest of them are all looking at monitors the whole time? Like, have you noticed that they're all like looking like like longingly at like <laughs> like with invisible monitors and then after things happen they like clap or they like almost yeah. cry and this yeah. the, the whole thing is just such a. Um, cheesy experience that the thing um, about space is it's so it's such an awesome background that actually it's very easy for the rest of it to be quite dull because unless the Mm -hmm. ship breaks down or they will start turning on each other which many of the best like yeah Yeah. but i mean how do how do you make 
I mean, are they going to get a second series out of this? I can't see what else is going to happen, really. Ooh, maybe but... they'll get stuck. I mean, obviously, they, you know, how many stuck episodes is there all together? Is, there, is it an eight or a tenner? I think it's a tenner, eight, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think mm. it is. So I think there's a lot of scope because, you know, we're told at the beginning, aren't we? They've got a 50-50 chance of survival, which I think are pretty tough odds, really, if you're going into that. But, you know, are they going to get to Mars? Are they going to get back? I mean, maybe that would be the second season, wouldn't it? They get there but can't get back because a bit breaks off the ship as it's want to yeah, do. Yeah, but is it wrong that they've got all these high stakes and yet we don't really yeah, care? I know what you mean. Yeah. And like you said, actually, Stevie, it's very... Like, you've got this amazing backdrop of space, but a lot of the actual drama is very screen-based, isn't it? You know, it's people talking yeah. on iPads or talking on screens. And it's I kind of, maybe in today's world, we're all so used to doing that all the time in our daily lives. Maybe it's a bit much to be doing it in our space drama, well, too. I do want to ask about the reception, because they're able to, like, talk to each other. <laughs> instantly, like, they're oh, able like to like iPhone instantly. down yeah. to Earth. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of amazing. I mean, yeah, <laughs> so that was the one thing I was just like, gosh, space, you know... Space Wi-Fi is really fast, and like you know, like and I'm like, I'm like, all right, you know, yeah. good for them. That phone bills yeah, are going to be humongous because they're literally on the oh phone God. all the time, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's totally uh, true. But it's interesting. Well, can we talk about so, another? Sh- sorry. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. I was just going to say how it's based on the um, a, a magazine article, which is pretty unusual for a, a TV drama, based on an Esquire article by a journalist Chris Jones, which is totally random. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be sad for a second series. I do quite like a bit of space drama. Kind of has my goodwill. Well, <laughs> I think you can you can watch that one on your own. Okay. Bethany. I'm not going to join you. I don't think. Um, I'll report back. The I'll one back. show that the one show that I forced everyone to talk about this week because you all tried to get me to drop this from our list of shows. Uh, young Young oh. Wallander available on Netflix from the third of September. I really enjoyed Young Wallander for all of the wrong reasons. <laughs> Hugo's murder was carefully choreographed to look a certain way. To escalate the immigration conflict. So, uh, this is an origin story of, uh, of course, the Swedish detector. There's been many sort of incarnations of it in film versions, and also Kenneth Branagh did a TV version. Um, and this is meant to be his uh, origin story. But it's so weird because it's an origin story, but it's set now. So it's like, how? I don't understand. How could Kenneth Branagh then be existing at the same time as old Wallander? Oh, God, we're back in Tenet again, aren't we? How does this happen? Yeah. It's the grandfather <laughs> paradox. I mean, basically, it is an origin story, but it's an origin story in name only, I think. I mean, if they changed the title and didn't mention Wallander, I don't think anybody yeah. would be terribly concerned about it it's just a bit of a hook isn't it and an old um yeah. old now what's his name is it adam paulson um yeah mm. adam paulson stars as our young wallander i mean am i right in saying katie i don't want to presume here but he's he's quite easy on the eye isn't he he's he kind of... <laughs> oh so let's start all of the reasons that i adore <laughs> young wallander because it's meant to be um you can count basically it'll go about five minutes and then young wallander will have to take his yeah. top off for the most yeah. ridiculous reasons you'll suddenly get him oh maybe what? i will it's just a, lift oh. my t-shirt up a bit yeah. um oh you're bleeding yeah oh you're bleeding take off your shirt yeah oh you need to put bleeding. a little plaster on that do you young wallander oh. yeah why yeah, don't take you the strip shirt off. to the waist that, that did lead to a rather horrible <laughs> bit because then she ripped like pulled off the original plaster and 
like pulled oh, off gosh. half his chest. Uh, it's just a bit like. But also, so this is mostly in English. With yes. well, it's all in English, but it's all with actors that are speaking in English accents. But obviously, for a sort of token gesture, they've made young Wallander be someone that's from Sweden, be a Swedish actor. So he's the only one walking around doing a, a, a being, being Swedish, Swedish and sounding yeah. Swedish. And also, for some reason, he chooses to do all of his delivery in this slightly husky voice like this, which is really irritating. I'm just going to lift my T-shirt up. This is Scandi, um, Scandi yeah. drama, isn't it, for people that can't be bothered with the subtitles. It's Exactly. Um, it sounds like and, it. And, you know, and also um, people and, who and, enjoy looking at a very honed torso. <laughs> There's one particular, I can't remember right. if it's the second episode. There's one particularly gratuitous, and I, I use the word gratuitous, it's actually very, very nice, but they do a kind of above <laughs> bed shot of him in bed, just, oh, just yes. resting. Just lying the there, duvet yeah. could not be any lower without becoming a very different show. And yeah, it's just kind of pans <laughs> up from him and yeah, he's just enjoying oh, his I just talents. Love it. The ridiculous <laughs> delivery of all his lines, the lack of clothing that he wears. Yeah. But also it's a good story. I mean, it it's is, all set it's, around sort of neo-nazis in sweden and things police police procedural i mean it does the trick it's like any classic well done police procedural you know they've got this case they're they're gonna be i'm guessing i've seen like the first three episodes i'm guessing this case is gonna like you said it's to do with neo-nazis isn't it um Mm -hmm. migrants kind of being targeted or, or blamed for certain things yeah. um, and I'm guessing that's so, going to run all the way through it's I'm feeling like that's yeah. the case yeah. yeah there there's been a little bit of pushback about the the fact that this is about you know neo-nazis and stuff and the fact that you know here is a white leading character kind of figuring out all of this stuff on his own by the way like there's a whole police oh, like <laughs> battalion of people that's willing to do that but yeah but yet he steps away and figures everything out like like because on he can only figure and it out when he hasn't got his yes. T-shirt yeah. on. Exactly. Yes, he needs to be I can. Uh, yeah, I am best to solve mysteries naked. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, you know, There's your catch uh, line, if, young Wallander. Yeah, that's what exactly. <laughs> solves mysteries naked. Yeah. Um, there, it, if you're I'll a bit it. of a Wallander like like super nerd, which I'm not sure there are many of those people out there, um, but uh, there are little hints of future Wallander, meaning that there is. Uh, remember, I don't know if episode two, he discovers opera yeah. for the first yeah. time, you know, and uh, he and also love it, we does get he? to he meet. He just says his... he's open minded. He does But you're right, the seed is planted. Yes, but he mm. will, you know, and um, and he also meets his future ex-wife in in, in yeah. the form of Mona, oh, of the uh, the kind. Is of, that played by Elise you know, Chappelle? Um, Game of Thrones. Yes, uh, from Poldark. Yeah. Oh, Poldark, yeah, Poldark. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, of course. Yeah, and so um, all of the characters are kind of there, uh, but we only see, because it's a, it's an origin story, we're just, you know, kind of... The trouble is, Wallander's just a bit of a wet lettuce, yeah. isn't he? It's it's character. Like, like, yeah. It's not, oh my God. Like, you wouldn't really want to date him, <laughs> would you? his best friend. I mean, his best friend yeah. starts oh God, off like... the worst best yeah, friend ever. he's like a, on his top of his <laughs> wheel of fortune, isn't he? He's got his lovely wife, his lovely kid, he's got a promotion, he's loving life and by yeah by sort of a couple of episodes in he's been completely stitched up yeah it's really sad (laughs) oh god and he also has the saddest goldfish in the world 
that took my attention away in every scene it was in. It's just kind of got this bleak little fish in a bowl on the windowsill. Maybe that's a metaphor for Wallander's life. Oh, I love life. the insights into Wallander's life. Oh. Also, Wallander doesn't own curtains, which angered me yeah, as well. And he has the world's biggest alarm clock yes. that's the size of a TV yes. and with yeah. a digital display. And I kept thinking, well, Wallander, you're awake at four in the morning because you haven't got any blinds and because the alarm clock is like really brightening yeah. your face. Literally, well, I like, like a takeoff. It was like a mission control takeoff countdown, it's isn't true. it? It's <laughs> true. Yeah. It's yeah. so huge. It's so well, who needs who needs blinds when life in Sweden is so bleak? It's you true. know, so you know you need all the light sadness you can get. all day long. Yeah. But also it's weird, isn't it, to just not do it in Swedish, really, nowadays, because we're quite open to yeah, foreign exactly. language dramas. Uh, it's ease so of access, Katie, isn't it? I think it's because it's just to mm. do with making it easy for people, just easy to click, easy to watch. Um, I guess. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's saying it's more for like uh, American English market, isn't it, rather than a European market? I think so. I mean, I didn't dislike. Obviously, like we've we've joked about no, it quite a lot. It's totally, totally watchable, isn't it? Yeah. As, a, as a kind of yeah, detective it drama, it's something you can kind of have on. You know, watch it like a touch of frost, that kind of thing, but just with a little bit more nudity. <laughs> oh, is that a diss? No, never. Ooh. No, no, I was a big fan of, of Detective Frost and the Frost Trumpet at the beginning of every I'm episode. Oh, no, it's not a I'm diss. Not convinced. Yeah, it's quite an accolade for me. <laughs> well, yeah, Detective Frost with his shirt yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. A young, um, big Detective Frost. <laughs> Shall we move on and talk about films? Because it's a big week for films. Uh, we're going to talk about Mulan in just a second. But before that, uh, we have to talk about Netflix's other big release. On the 4th of September onwards, I'm thinking of ending things. The latest Charlie Kaufman offering. Here they come. Jeff has told us so much about you. He's told me so much about both of you too. And you came anyway. <laughs> Jake. Tells me you're studying quantum psychics. Ooh, physics. Really? <laughs> but there's just something profoundly wrong here. Are you okay? I'm so annoyed. I got this preview screener after everyone else had, oh, so you guys Katie. have seen it and I haven't seen it, and I didn't realise you all had access. And I, I had know. Yeah, you can watch so it after and you can dissect it. I promise it will make yeah. no more sense after we've discussed it exactly. for five minutes than exactly. than before. Um, <laughs> you... And at the risk of getting beeped, this film is absolutely batshit crazy and I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it in some ways but I mean Stevie you've got to agree with me right this film is out there so so the question I literally like I was like can we like something that we totally don't understand and I think that is that is the big big question here because you know the I as if you're a fan of Charlie Kaufman, meaning if you loved being John Malkovich, which, uh, you know, just if you describe it to somebody, a puppeteer who goes into the mind of John <laughs> yeah, Malkovich and takes control. What? Yeah. You know, and then <laughs> eternal sunshine of the spotless yeah. mind, yeah. A, a, an end of a relationship where we're going backwards. Adaptation about a writer who's in, in so much writer's block, he creates another character to co-write his, his screenplay and then ends up getting a real Oscar nomination in the process. What? Like the whole thing. Thing is, this man is crazy yeah. and he's always talking about creativity relationships and things that he's scared of and in this yeah. case you know this film is all about those things because you know our, our lead actress played by jesse buckley um uh she she wants to end this relationship 
or, or does she? Or is the relationship even you know? happening? You start to question <laughs> yeah. your own like and, and, senses, don't you? Because yeah, she goes exactly. on a road trip, doesn't she? That's the beginning. She premise. does go on a road trip uh, with her with her boyfriend, uh, played by Jesse Plemons, who actually in the car. I don't know if you noticed, he kind of looks more and more like Philip Seymour. Yes, often, he really does. Who, who, or Matt Damon who, as well. An old Matt Damon. Yeah, between the yeah. two. Matt Damon. Um, and and just the. <laughs> Even that drive uh, uh, in, in going to this house, it makes no, no sense whatsoever. It's like it goes. It, they talk about Oklahoma, the musical, and then they talk about like her poem that she's writing, and it's like what? Yeah. And then like, um, and then throughout all of that, there's like images of another older man who's like a janitor. Who I in, thought in to a, start a, with was going to be his father, but that's not, is it? It's not his father no, at all. His father's not. played by David Thewlis. When we get to the house, yes. this visit to visit. His parents, who you know, David Thewlis, and Tony, and Tony, Tony collects the mum, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. plays the mum. Um, what Fantastic. to make matters even more confusing is is throughout the whole film, you start to see them in different incarnations of yes, age. at random so times, isn't like, it? It doesn't tie at together. And because actually to that start with, I was really cross. Sense. I was really cross about that because I the first time I noticed was obviously with David Thewlis, and I was like, he's far yeah. too young to be playing the father yeah. of Jesse. Pullman. This is yeah. madness. Why does Tony collect yeah. all aged up with grey hair? However, he looked young. Yeah. And so I got a bee in my bonnet about that. And then it became clear, actually, no, this was a choice. Because then a bit later, you, it's very clear that people's ages are chopping and changing. And even if, actually, I suddenly realised that there was a scene in the car where... Jesse Pullman put his hand to change the radio or something and his hand did look dead old and I sort of mm-hmm. thought oh he's got mm-hmm. dead old hands he, weird but then you realize actually no <laughs> this is part of the storyline time is chopping and changing it, it is it is I agree with you this is bs crazy Absolutely. you know and it's just like um and and but I think in order to watch this, you really need to set aside time and kind of a place for yourself to experience this. Because I tried to watch some of this, like, you know, like just casually. Like There's no hour. way. Yeah. And, and actually, it started to irritate me a lot, you know. And so um, I had to, like, kind of give myself an evening where I just, like, quietly watch it. I still didn't understand the film it's like, at all. Is it like, scary, you know? though? Because it's pitched no. as a horror, isn't it? No. no, there are bits of it well, that are horror-y. The tropes that they're going yeah. to this old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in the snow and she's constantly scared that they're going to get trapped there and there's a basement yeah. that she's scared to that go down into. To go to. So it's yeah. got all the tropes, but there's actually nothing scary. It's very, you're a bit yeah. on edge because the whole thing is so weird. But no, it's definitely, I mean, yeah, you're right. They're calling it like a thriller, aren't they? But Really, it's almost just like a strange character study. Um, mm. A little bit... So it's in just, in it's, the Kaufman again, charts, better, worse, weirder than what we've known from Kaufman in the past? Uh, this is probably the weirdest. This is really yeah. weird. This is Because, uh, th- you know, we haven't seen a film from him since 2015. And that one felt like probably the most... That was the Anomalisa. I don't know if you remember that. That was like a stop motion kind no. of piece where David Thewlis played this character who he's so dulled by his life that everybody looked like oh. him until he meets this woman in a hotel bar and then has this like overnight relationship with her. And then the, for the first time he sees her and, and she's the only person that doesn't look like him. So I love that film. I thought it was really like heartbreaking and just just kind of a, a midlife crisis piece that made sense, you know. Whereas this one makes no, me no I sense. I mean, at what point? <laughs> so, just so, to put it in context for you, Katie, there's a whole bit in this kind of the last third of the film where there's a whole um, ballet interlude 
um, and you just kind of by nice. then, by then <laughs> you go with it. Right. It's not shocking yeah. anymore. Yeah. You, you've kind of reached yeah. your limit of being shocked, and you're just like, oh, okay, this is obviously a development. And you know, also you then kind of question yourself over whether you, sometimes the actors that you've thought looked a bit different in the light and then you're like oh no hang on maybe that was actually a different actor randomly yeah. just, just <laughs> oh like, a, like a cut scene just like oh lord yeah. so I mean this really messes with your head but I mean I think it's an absolute credit to the two lead Jessies that you can watch yeah. this film for two plus hours yeah. and not it's, hate it's it also because interesting. they're amazing actors and they definitely carry it yeah it's interesting also because obviously Netflix has this tendency to kind of want to be in the business with like, you know, these auteurs, whatever. And in this case, they're like, here's the money, make this film. We're not going to edit this whatsoever. Go ahead. And this is the film that yeah. came from that. And like, oh. and, and, you know, whether, whether they support it or not, it's now part of their library of, of, you know, how they have Charlie Kaufman. I do think, however like, fancy and Ed, I'm not thinking about Kaufman here. I'm thinking about Nolan. I, whatever, height of fame you are or, and however much respect you get you should be able to take the criticism that your film shouldn't be two and a half hours the, the, I mean what stage you are at your career you shouldn't just be given an unlimited budget to make a four hour boring nonsense but maybe this no, did sorry, start out I still have four no hours Katie <laughs> this, yeah, this exactly, may have started exactly. out a four hour epic and maybe this was the harsh oh. editing you know oh, well. but you just never know but I mean credit to Netflix <laughs> you know they're not just making things that they think are going to be massive public, you know, hits that everyone's going to watch. This is the kind of film that perhaps mm-hmm. would never have got made if it wasn't for streaming services like I Netflix. Agree. And, yeah. and definitely, you know, we've been, I don't know, I don't know what score you'd give it out of 10. I don't think this film can be scored. I think it's almost kind of like a meta exercise in yeah. kind of existentialism you kind of <laughs> oh god but, scores do not matter <laughs> yeah exactly in this world <laughs> there's also quite a nice um, <laughs> they kind of analyze a lot of stuff don't they almost like going back to school like you know when you have to write an essay discussing something mm. that randomly throughout the film that happens about various books poems oh. plays music baby it's cold <laughs> outside gets a complete takedown yeah. which is okay. rather fantastic yeah. i mean there's loads of I was... fun bits there's bits like there's the one the, how they there's like the movie within the movie and it's it's like this rom-com it's just like I love you she's a vegetarian you know this whole thing and then like but she works in a diner and she wants to you know and then at the very at the end of that the credits actually roll and it's like directed by Robert Zemeckis yes. which is like so super random because all he does is big kind of bombastic films and here it is about this like vegetarian love story I genuinely you know? like, looked that up to check no that wasn't sense. a real film it kind of oh it's not a real film <laughs> It was head so amazing. Much. It's so cool. And there's also a trailer, um, so isn't it, there, for um, is it Tulsi Town? Some kind of old-fashioned yeah. ice cream American kind of <laughs> diner, and it's so realistic that you do you think, oh, maybe that's a real American kind of heritage ice cream yeah. brand, down to the jingle and the little advert you see. I mean, it's really clever. It really is. It's a bonkers. Strange. It's a bonkers. If you want some bonkers, then uh, yeah, I'm thinking of ending things as your perfect weekend experience. It ends, it well, ends on a song about a dormouse eating a prune. And I think for me, that summed up the whole film random. rather beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we actually end things, there's one more big uh, film that we need to yes. talk about this week. Another one that's out on a streaming platform, Mulan, which is available on Disney Plus from the 4th of September onwards. It's the big blockbuster that never made it to the cinemas um, and Disney are going going bold or going home they are putting it straight onto Disney Plus your job 
is to bring honor to the family. Do you think you can do that? Mulan, Mulan and Tenet were always going to be the two movies that was going to basically like make the decision of how films were going to be released throughout basically for 2020 you know and and ten yeah. as you know is now releasing in a staggered format so countries will get it when they get yeah. it because based on the, and and disney was just like listen we can't wait anymore this film has been on our shelves for a little bit and everybody wants to see this um they were also waiting for china to open up to cinema their of their course. cinemas and finally china opened up their cinema and so in in asia this film would definitely be seen in the, in, in in the cinemas Whereas, like in the United States and the UK, it would be shown on Disney Plus as an additional. So basically, yeah, you don't even get it you, for free. You it's quite don't. A cheeky uh, prospect, isn't it? And it's not cheap. It's like you know, you're talking another twenty quid to have this film. I know you get to keep it. So you have to have your Disney Plus yeah. subscription, of course, in place. Mm-hmm. And then to watch Mulan, you have to pay nineteen ninety nine, which gives you constant access to the film. I believe it sort of stays on your account. But that's it's quite like, a lot, isn't it? It's thirty dollars in the United it's States. Twenty nine ninety nine is the fee. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. not cheap. But then again, if you think about it, those who are going to watch are going to be families, so they'll be like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Three, four, five kids, you know, and and so um, they'll it it'll be cheaper in a way than going to the cinema and watching this. So, I guess, yeah. Um, and if you can keep watching sense. it, that's the beauty, isn't it? I guess you know, I haven't got young children, but I guess that's the thing with people that do have young children. Right. It, you can watch the film again and again, and perhaps you'll get your nineteen ninety nines worth out of it over the next year. Yeah. So D- Disney kind of needed to do something because obviously they were making zero money you know like during this period and so they they really said that they badly, lost up to four four point seven billion dollars uh in the first quarter to the end of june and so it's the first loss that they've ever had in two decades and and you know obviously their their theme parks weren't opening up cinemas were being shut. so they thought that maybe going to their 60 million plus subscribers globally then uh who will then pay this money they actually will make some money because all that money goes straight to them and not through, you know, a theater, the which office. then takes, like, yeah. yeah, box office and stuff. So um, this might be the, one of the smartest things that they've done. <laughs> I don't I don't know if, if this is going to be something that they're going to do for habit. What people will want to know, though, is, is it any good? Yes. Um, so it is, of course, another another Disney yeah. live-action remake. They, they can't of, get enough um, of them, can they? I know, yeah. of, of um, the 1998 animated uh, classic. We now have a young uh, Chinese actress playing the, oh, the role of Mulan. Liu who seen over, like, she's, she's fantastic. She's and they had trouble getting um, there, didn't uh, they? Because wasn't that one of the reasons this film has been delayed? Obviously, COVID has played its part, but apparently the casting was actually quite tricky, and I think it took them a long time to find their leading Lady. They did. Yeah. I think they they looked for over a thousand plus Gosh. girls, you know, and 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 um, you know, they needed somebody who was able to do martial arts and also yeah. act, and you know, and can had the presence to kind of lead a film like this. This is this is uh, there's a couple of um, milestones in this film. First of all, Nikki Caro, the director, is the second ever female director to ever like kind of take a hold of a film that costs over a hundred million dollars. So Ava DuVernay oh. was the first one that did that, but she is. It, she's in the most expensive film ever made by a film female director that's and that's a 200 million dollar price tag so on that level it's 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 already breaking some interesting kind of barriers should should it have gone to an asian director though is the 
point. Y- yes and no. I think I, you know, listen. Nikki is a New Zealand director who did a wonderful film back in the day called Whale Rider about a young girl kind of finding her voice. And I think when they were looking for people to be able to tell this story, she, I guess, she pitched a good pitch, you know. And and yes, there are other there are other um, you know Asian directors that probably could have done the same, but. Uh, Disney gave it to her, but she was very good about that. You know, she hired a creative team that included, um, you know, th- to make sure that culture accuracy was was a main thing. So they, she got the producer Bill Kong, who did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, to kind of be an advisor and also a producer on it. And they just had, um, it, listen, from from a, it is kind of weird watching an Asian story told all in English. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give it yeah. that much, um, but. Uh, but you know, I watched it and I was very, I was mildly, you know, pleasantly surprised. I didn't expect too much from it. But, um, there was complaints that they were like, "Oh, wait a minute! Now that the musical is no longer, this is no longer a musical. What about the songs?" And yeah. um, initially, they said that there wasn't going to be any music. But since you know, now that the film's coming out, our Christina Aguilera <laughs> has come back. Yeah, yeah, she's done. <laughs> she's released, you know, one song called "Brave, Low, and True," and she's also done another version of "Reflections." So you know. If you miss it, then you can get. It. And uh, Louis Fair herself is doing a Mandarin version of Brave Lord oh, nice. Fruit too. So um, it's on the end credits. You can oh, listen wow. so to she it. Can learn sing Mandarin. As well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's that whole like yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, she's good. Wow. I I I'm really happy with her. Like I've never really seen her work before, but now I'm a little bit of a, like okay, I'm a fan. You know, what, so, is she known as um, Fairy Sister in China. She's like a well-known <laughs> actress, apparently, and that's kind of her. She's a well-known her actress. Her name. She's been dubbed. Yeah. Fairy Sister. There you guess, go. Yeah. There, what um, what I you, wonder if, is whether or not. Uh, so they're pitching it for families, aren't they? They're yeah. selling it on Disney Plus. But this is a PG thirteen. They've had to make it a higher age rating because of all these epic battle scenes. Mm. And have they, for a family audience, made it a little bit boring? Because you don't get songs, and it isn't it's as true. funny it's, as the original. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a proper mm. like like um, journey. You know, like she has to do all these things, and so if you listen, it, it, kids will have to watch it because. I don't know. I just I feel like if boys can get their journey stories, why can't yeah. girls get the same yeah. thing? And, and it is, doesn't have to be like fun kind elements, of... isn't there? Because yes, yes, yeah. the dragon's gone, but there's a phoenix, and it's kind of more arty and classic, and he doesn't talk. But there's a beautiful phoenix that sweeps in and out, and there's there is the kind of the sort of jokey scenes Fe- and... phoenix swooping in and out did my head in a bit uh, she's annoying that phoenix was just like was like oh hey what's up come follow me and it's yeah. like, i'll oh, save your life dude, can you do something yeah yeah maybe i'll save your life um if you're if you're a fan of martial arts um they have some really big names involved jet lee is in here donnie yeah, Yen. Uh, yeah. yeah and and so these are like big and and, and, and gung lee who is like you know uh asian cinema royalty is also here and she plays a witch oh there's um, a very good so, witch off it, isn't there there's a kind of moment where mulan yeah. and the witch have them <laughs> moment yeah that's the moment yeah. and stuff yeah. and so it's it's nice to see all these like big name uh chinese actors kind of be part of this mulan journey too so i i'm a fan but i'm, I'm not saying this is like the best movie i've ever seen but it is it's it's fine it's a totally fine movie that will probably have sequels if if done mm-hmm. well and and i think you know i think disney's mm-hmm. got a really nice you know, um, so if you want to talk about the boys uh, with with our Katie, how do they find you, Katie? Uh, on Instagram, I am Spenny Pix, and on Twitter, Sky Katie Spencer. 
and Bethany, what should we talk to you about? Actually, the craziness of, of this, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of yeah, ending let's things. Yeah, let's go meta. Let's talk about some meta things while I'm thinking <laughs> of ending things. Um, you'll find me at Bethany Manel on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you want to talk about girl stuff with me, <laughs> feel free to tweet uh, or, you know, or Instagram me at Wongi1. Or, yeah, <laughs> or Mushu, yeah, at Wongi1. Thank you. <laughs> and we'll see you uh, very shortly. I'm just trying to think what else we've got. Oh, we've got... um big sky drama coming soon and just to give you a tease of some of the good things we've got coming up uh good uh exciting sky drama to talk about next week the third day with jude law Ooh, Ooh. a bit of theatre drama i'll tell you what else i'll tell you what else is coming up next week it's only going to be a little teaser but there's a new trailer for no time to die coming out so i'm sure there'll be a bit more bond <gasps> chat <gasps> end on an action man <laughs> bond roll Bond doesn't really roll, does he? Let's move on. See you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.